We ask this in your son's precious name. Amen. Good morning. The verse is uh, Joshua 2, 1 through 16. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Achiah Grove. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of the prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I don't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they are, or excuse me, I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road leading to the shallow crossing of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know, I know the Lord has given you this, this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we, now, and we know what you did uh, uh, to Shion and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder your, our hearts have melted in fear. No one has courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of heaven, of the heavens above and the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and my mother and my brothers and sisters and all their families. We offer our, our own lives as a guarantee for your safety, the men agreed. If you, don't, if you don't betray us, we will keep our promises and be kind to you when the Lord gives us the land. Then, then since Rahab's house was built in the, in the town wall, she let them down by a rope through the window. Escape to the hill country, she told them. Hide there for three days and three days from the men searching for you. Then when they have returned, you can go on your way. Amen. Author Susan Wilkinson wrote this about Rahab. She was the talk of the town, but nobody talked to her. Every square inch of her seductive body was lovely, but she was unloved. I guess that's the price you pay when you're the town prostitute. Her name was Rahab. She was a street-walking hooker living in Jericho nearly 4,000 years ago. Women despised her and cursed her. Men leered at and joked about and visited her. Of all the people you'd least expect God to use in a significant way, it was this woman, Rahab. After all, she carried with her a rather unseemly past, 
By all standards of decency, she was a tainted woman. I'm going to give you a warning before we get started because our message today is going to be rated R. Uh, Now, see, I got your attention. I woke you up, didn't I? Don't worry, the rated R is not for restricted. R is for redemption because that's what we find in Rahab's story. Last week, we started a new series called Life Lessons based on the book of Joshua because what we're talking about is letting letting go of the past to move forward to what God has for us because our blessings are in front of us. They're not behind us. In the first chapter of Joshua, God described instructions for Joshua on getting prepared. We looked at how our strength and courage comes out of our obedience to God. It is one way that he prepares us not only for the challenges that lay ahead, but for the blessings that lay ahead as well. Now in chapter 2, we're going to see that God has indeed prepared the way. And he reveals it through the redemption of a woman named Rahab, a woman whose heart and life has been transformed. There are two aspects to this power of redemption that we're going to see today. First is the risk and courage that's involved in living out our faith. The second is the reminder that redemption is for all of us. Nobody is beyond the reach of God. Now, our text this morning begins with Joshua secretly sending spies into Jericho. Why do you think it's a secret? Do you think Joshua remembers the last time they went down this path of scouting out the land? He doesn't want to alarm the Israelites and repeat history. Granted, the generation that let fear rule their hearts 40 years ago has now passed on. God told us they were not going to be allowed into the promised land. But this new generation would have heard those stories. They would have known the history. And so these two spies, not mentioned by name, they go into the city and they come to the home of Rahab. Scripture doesn't tell us how they got there or why they went there. Scholars tell us that spies on a secret mission would not logically go to the local inn. And so they would go somewhere where they wouldn't be found. They would go to the place where men were hidden and kept secret, the home of a prostitute. But ultimately, no matter how logical or illogical it may seem to us that the spies would go, Jewish spies, holy spies, Godly men would go to a prostitute's home. The point is that God brought them there because he wanted them there. God wants us to know Rahab in her story because her story is our story. Every one of us was a sinner with a past who came face to face with the news of a God who could save us from that past. Save us from our bad choices. Save us and give us a new start. Guide us and protect us towards a new future, a new story. Now, this secret mission doesn't actually stay secret for very long. Someone tells the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. 
Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Now that same strength and courage that God encouraged Joshua with in chapter 1, we're going to see come out of Rahab right now. She was putting her own life on the line to protect these two spies. But she hides the two men. And she says to the king's men, Yes, those men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. But actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them. Not only did she tell them that the spies were no longer there, but she then misdirected the king's men so the spies could have a chance to get away. Lying to the king and lying to the king's men was treason. It was a traitorous act punishable by death. But she does it anyway. Because she's discovered this God of the Israelites. Do you know that God? Do you have the faith that you would put your own life on the line for people you didn't even know? Having faith isn't risky. Not here, not in America. But faith will take the risk every time when it comes before us. You see, Rahab risked her own life for her new faith because her faith in God was real and it was strong. So she prepared to put her own life at risk to do what was right. Scripture shows us over and over that a true, courageous, and saving faith lives itself out for others. It doesn't seek to protect itself. A true, saving faith results in life transformation. A life that has confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior will live and make choices that display Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now, Rahab's actions, they lined up with her words. Listen to what she says. She goes up and she talks to the spies In verse 9, she says, I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in this land is living in terror because we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea. Do you notice that she keeps calling God Lord there? And we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. Pay attention to this last verse. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. What a confession! That's courageous faith. You know, she had so many things going against her. First, she was a Canaanite. The Canaanites were the enemies of the Israelites. And she was taking great risk protecting the enemy. Secondly, she's a woman. 
Women were second-class citizens. They were property, and their value was just slightly better than the sheep and the cattle. I'm going to go on a little side note here for a second because it's kind of funny. The commentary that I was using for my study on Joshua, very thick book, very, but it's a great commentary. And I was reading through, and I was reading through, taking notes, and then I came to this author, his statement about the evil in the world that was surrounding the Israelites at this time. And comparing it, he was comparing it to the evil that modern-day church is facing today. And then he goes in and he starts listing all the evils in modern-day church. So he lists this economic uncertainty. He, he lists human cloning and abortion and euthanasia. And then he starts to go into the church scandals that are tainting the church. False doctrines. And listen to this. The appointment of unfit persons to church offices, such as the ordaining of women as pastors. And I stopped there. And I closed the book. I slammed the book shut. I said, what rubbish! And then I stopped for a minute and I laughed at the irony of the thought that I was being used by God, just an ordinary, unfit woman, to share the truth of the gospel. How cool is that? Amen. I just had to share that. It, it just kind of, whoo. But the third thing that she didn't have going for her was the fact that she was a prostitute. And according to Jewish law, she could be stoned to death for that. And yet here she is, a prostitute, helping the Jewish spies. That's courageous faith. You know, many people today will try to tell you she wasn't really a prostitute. In many of the commentaries, she wasn't really a prostitute. She was just an innkeeper. She couldn't possibly be a prostitute and taint the lineage of Jesus Christ. But we can be sure that she was a prostitute. The Hebrew word is for harlot. There's no argument. In the Greek New Testament, the word used to describe her means harlot. And if the New Testament scholars or the authorities that were writing about here, James, he calls her Rahab, the prostitute. In Hebrews, the writer says, it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute. You see, God was not ashamed of her story, and neither should we be. God knew that he had the power to write her a whole new story. And he has that same power to write us new stories as well. Because God saw in Rahab what others refused to see. God saw a woman of faith who would serve him faithfully. And her faith was also a confident faith. She had courageous faith and confident faith. All of Jericho had heard of this God. She told us, we are melting in fear over what we have heard. The dry path through the Red Sea. All the military victories that you've had. But while this news filled the Canaanites' hearts with fear, it filled Rahab's, Rahab's heart 
with faith. That's the power of God. That is the spiritual transformation that God takes place in every one of us, in everyone out there. Only Rahab came to the saving knowledge in the saving faith of knowing God. Only Rahab is confessing the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens and the earth. She's the only one in the city that is least likely by worldly standards to be used by God. But she's the only one to stand firm and confident in courageous faith. Compare her words to the report of the spies 40 years ago. You remember Numbers chapter 13. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread a bad report. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We saw giants, the descendants of Anak. We felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought, too. That's not what we're hearing from Rahab, is it? You see, 40 years ago, the Canaanite people were in fear of the Israelites and their God. But the Israelites didn't have faith in God. They had faith in themselves. And so they were left feeling hopeless, defenseless, discouraged and fearful. And then they were left to wander for 40 years for a lie. Because they were looking at themselves and not the God that was guiding them. It took a Canaanite prostitute an outcast in society, to show the Israelites that God was indeed with them the whole time. Just as he promised. He was preparing the way just as he promised. And he had never left them just as he promised. You see, God used an ordinary person like you and me to share extraordinary news God was indeed with them, preparing the way. But he wants to use every one of us for his purposes, for his kingdom work. No matter how the world sees us, no matter our past choices, they don't matter to God. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a gentleman named Robert who joined us for service. And it was in the middle of the message, and he walked down the center aisle and started talking to us just nonchalantly, introducing himself. And, and I just want to share that story because we have been praying for God to send us those that need him. Those that need to know that their past doesn't matter. Those that need to know that they're cared about. Those that need to know they have value. And right there, in the middle of a message about loving in ways that matter, God sends someone. Now, where we meet is not on a main street. We're off in a hard-to-find place. And Robert didn't have a map. Robert had no cards or any, no, no address. 
Do you think that God directed him here so that we could love him in a way that mattered? Do you think that he also used Robert to tell us, I'm still with you. I am still walking with you. I know you've been in that place for a year, and you haven't seen anything that you think is positive yet. But I am still with you. Here, I'm sending you Robert as a reminder. If we see Rahab as just a prostitute who God used, if you see her as just a sinner without hope of redemption, if you see her as one of those people outside the church that you would rather not associate with, then I challenge you Check whose side you're on. Because a disciple of Christ sees with the eyes of Christ. And all are loved by God. All are made in the image of God. And all are within his reach to bring into the family of God. The evangelist Russell Moore once said these words. The next Billy Graham might be drunk right now. The next Jonathan Edwards might be the man driving in front of you with a Darwin bumper sticker on his car. The next Charles Wesley might currently be a misogynistic, profanity-spewing rock star. The next Charles Spurgeon might be managing an abortion clinic today. The next Mother Teresa might be a heroin-addicted porn star this week. The next Augustine of Hippo might be a sexually promiscuous cult member, just like the first Augustine of Hippo was. But the Holy Spirit can turn all that around. He delights in doing so. You see, the new birth doesn't bring just repentance and just faith. It transforms lives, and it transforms communities. And then it provides new leadership into the body of Christ so that the church can do its work in the kingdom. As Jesus provides us with everything and everyone that we need to do his work. See, there are two life lessons for us in Joshua 2. Stop trying to rewrite your history. Your history is his story. And God will use it for his glory. Your past doesn't dictate your future. Yes, confess your sinful past to him, but then let it go. Let him write your story from this day forward. And let him use it to reach others that need to hear it. See, Rahab's story of redemption is our story. God simply wants us to be open to his will in his work in our lives. Because your past doesn't direct your future. Your choices do. And do you choose the courageous and confident faith that Rahab had? The second thing that we need to take with us from her story is that nobody is beyond God. Rahab's story reminds us that every life matters. And redemption 
is open for everyone. If a prostitute of Canaan descent in Jericho could become a saint of faith and courage and then receive the privilege of motherhood in the line of Jesus Christ, then nothing is impossible for our God. Rahab's story is an amazing lesson for all of us in the power of God's love, in his mercy and his grace. The truth of the matter is that we pass by so many Rahabs each and every day, but we fail to recognize their worth. But we serve a God who sees their heart and looks directly into their heart. As we move into the future blessing of God, as he brings us the harvest, as we continue to worship him here in Hollywood, we have to remember that every person is of value to God. They are not to be pushed aside. They are not to be ignored because of our preferences. They're not to be ignored because of our busy schedules or our agendas over God's. There's a whole community out there that is waiting. And God is saying to us, do you have that confident, courageous faith like my servant Rahab did? Do you cherish her story because they're out there? And if you want the blessing of reaching them, you need to understand her story. Because I'm not ashamed of her story, and you better not be either. Because if you want to reach those people, that's their story. They're ashamed of their past. They're ashamed of the choices that they have made. I am not, and you better not be either, if you want to be my hands and feet. Pray to see them the way I see them. Are we ready? I say yes. I say yes. God has prepared us, and we are ready. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your words of grace. We thank you that the story of Rahab was not watered down. We thank you that the story of Rahab is raw. Because that's our story, Father. We all have made choices that we're not proud of. But her story encourages us that we can be used by you. That you love us no matter what. You have mercy upon us. And you have a new story for us. You are writing a new story in our hearts as we move forward. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.